0: Trusted by the top names in the real estate industry like Kyle Whistle, Andrew Franklin, John Kitchens, and many more. Get ready to up your success and we'll help you achieve your business goals. Book your free consultation at SpearRocketVA.com and find out how we can make your life easier.
1: Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Icon Podcast. I am your host, Gianna, and today we are excited to get to know Tammy Woodbury out of uh, South Carolina. All right, Tammy?
2: Yes. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you for your time. We're super excited to get to know you. Thank you so much. Also, just so you know, where I'm in South Carolina, if you are part of the Clemson Tigers, go Tigers, right down the road. Greenville, that has really good foods. By the way, my favorite Italian restaurant in Greenville is called Gianna, just FYI.
1: Really? Yes. You need to come That's visit.
2: I, you come How visit. Cool. <laughs> I love that.
1: I mean, it's been on, it's on actually been on my bucket list to visit. Um, south carolina just like a quick spiff i'm from colorado right which is just a big square state and you can drive like six hours and still be in the middle of nowhere (laughs) right just like in the mountains or the desert or the tundra the frozen in between and um i've been pleasantly surprised in nashville tennessee you can like drive six hours and you can be like at a beach or you can be in uh, one of the carolinas or um what is a popular place people like to go um with all the breweries and I think it's in North Carolina.
2: Oh, Asheville, Asheville, North Carolina. Asheville.
1: Yes, and so everybody's always going there. And um, so I've been pleasantly surprised about how how short trips can get you so far in the South because yes. the states are so much like, they're so much smaller. Yes. Like, same population, but they're so much more um, accessible to each other, which is cool. Yeah. So I may have to come visit you, Tammy. Um, Well, anyway, enough about me and my state. Tell me about Tammy. Who are you? Where are you from? How did you grow up to be a real estate
2: agent? Yeah, so um, I'm actually a military brat. So my dad was in the Air Force, so we kind of moved everywhere. But I've been in South Carolina for more than 30 years. I started real estate um, when I was 19 years old. It was kind of a happenstance. I didn't even really mean to start, which sounds funny. But, you know, I could get elective credits when I was in school. And so I did. And then I was um, actually in our town. There was a lady who had this office manager. And Mm -hmm. she was Hispanic, and she was going to Mexico for, like, a month. And she's like, hey, it's summertime. You know, would you be willing to come into the office and just do her job for a month in the summer? Sure, of course. Why not? So I did, and people would come in, and I am just someone who doesn't like to not know the answers to things. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened I was in real estate school, but, you know, real estate school doesn't really teach you anything about the actual questions people ask you in right. practical real estate. Literally nothing. How do <laughs> yes. I write an offer letter? What yes. does this mean? Am yes. I
1: supposed to put money away for taxes when I get my commission? Why? For yes. who do I put it off? So, yeah, totally get that, Tammy. Keep going. Yeah.
2: So I was just trying to learn around the office or whatnot engage. And one day the broker comes out and she's like, Hey, you're kind of good at this. Like, have you ever thought about doing it? And I'm like, not really. Um, and so I started to investigate a little bit more turned out that I did love it. Um, different components also like, not to like reveal my age, but when I was 19, we still had dial up internet, uh-huh. um, which was bizarre. So it was a totally different world. We didn't have GPS. Like, I think I bought my first TomTom, which like the maps didn't even update all the time. If it was a new community, it wouldn't be there. I still mm-hmm. survived, God bless. Um, <laughs> but it was like $500. It might as well have been $5 trillion. Like, you know, now, like if you own an iPhone, you can like get it. You into just have it for free.
1: Yeah. GPS,
2: like, not a big deal. Uh, but yeah, so I started that. It's almost um, been, I'm actually almost 20 years that I've been in business um and so we have a team here um and then we actually just joined exp in february of this year
1: okay awesome and we're already an icon agent which is incredible um so before but before we dive into all of that tammy um i want to hear about your story with exp how did you get introduced and um how did making that switch go you got to break up with a broker right so um just tell me about how that transition, how it was introduced to you. What kind of things did you weigh out when looking to make that swap?
2: Yeah. So we weren't really looking for a change. I think what kind of came to my mind at first. Um, so it's funny. Our team is called the Clever People. And partly what we've always said is a pillar and like one of our core values is we always want to innovate um, because we know that, you know, you look at brands in the history of the world and like they were killer and they were top. And then all of a sudden when you're like, oh my God, where did they go? Like right starting- in blockbuster.
1: Business. yes. Uh,
2: it's funny you said that blockbuster. It was like a day I was thinking that and I was like, hey, I have been in a business now, this industry long enough that I'm probably not even asking why enough, like a, a, a rule kind of like in our immediate leadership sphere is always ask why. So like why are we doing it? Are we doing it because it's effective? Are we doing it because everyone else has always done it? Or are we doing it because we can, you know, track quantitative results with this thing, whether it's our branding, whether it's how we treat clients, whatever it is, why are we doing it? And so I didn't have necessarily an issue with our brokerage. Of course, people like, oh, you know, do you know what? I didn't even know what a cap rate was, which is crazy to think. I've been in business for 18 years and there are all these other models out there and I don't even know what a cap rate is. In fact, you know, brokers are calling us all the time. What do you think about moving? We didn't have really any issues with our broker. So I was like, no. But what really, I think, started to kind of get my wheels turning. As we had become like our own little bubble, where we were already using our own website, our own staff, we weren't using anything with that company. It had a high mm-hmm. franchise fee. Um, we had a decent split, I thought, for our company. Supposedly, we had the highest split there, but it was whatever, you know, I started thinking like part of what I'm paying out every single month is for services that I don't really need, Mm -hmm. and that I don't really use. And in fact, I'm paying on top of that to outsource them these other ways. So that's what kind of got my wheels turning. And an agent, it's funny, he's actually from my town, but doesn't even live here anymore. His dad used to own a Remax, Um, you know, he owned a Remax as well. And it's funny because he just kind of started engaging me on social media and I knew right away, like I wasn't even necessarily actively thinking that he was recruiting me, but I just knew he was on social media all of a sudden out of the blue commenting on my post. And so one day it was in December, um, he says, Hey, you know, do you have some time that we can hop on a call? I just want to ask you some questions. And it's funny because I even like, then I'm like, there's something to do with recruitment. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure it is. But he was so nice. I'm like, okay, why not?
1: <laughs> what um, do you have to lose with just a little conversation, right? Yeah. It's not like they're yeah. going to um, rob you or anything. You know, like I just, uh, it's, it's an yeah. kind of, uh, intimidating thing, like the same way that um, we almost all run from the people at kiosks in the mall yeah <laughs> but really um you know what do you have to lose other he's than like put some lotion in it? your hand i'm like no do not put any lotion in my hand <laughs> you. I do not want your 400 dollars lotion <laughs> on me thank you yeah. and you um, cannot straighten my hair for me <laughs> <laughs> no please don't curl my hair i have it straightened today right. um, but no i totally get what you're saying like oh but like oh hey he's so nice might as well have the talk because in reality um you know if you don't want to move all you have to do is say no, and you can always pull the Una reverse card and recruit them back. So, um, and, and then free lunch or just quick little conversation. So, mm-hmm. anyway, just had to add that aspect of it, but yeah, so, it was really
2: nice. Wanted to talk to you. you, said why not? So, and actually, two weeks before that, there was someone else who'd reached out with a brokerage similar to eXp, but wasn't as old, um, and has not been established for as long. And even though I was like, they've got a great footprint, uh, to me you know, where we were in our business, especially with our team and production level, I did not want to be with a brokerage that was like still learning their way. Um, And I knew that EXP, you know, was here a lot earlier than most of us knew. And I also knew that when COVID happened, it was like a shot in the arm. They were already prepared. They already had, you know, a whole virtual gallery and they were prepared for this. So it wasn't like they just downloaded their first Zoom app and just got like the corporate account, like it was already established. So once I was kind of had my ears tuned to this other model and I understood what it cap rate was and all that and even then like uh it's funny this guy calls me and he's just like his his line was so simple and it was funny because this is what i heard this is what i thought he said tell me i just just want to pick your brain your, your business is just doing so well you know what's working and what's not and i'm like okay like i'm i'm not even like it's not a trap i'm going into it's not like i'm a bunny like i'm but i'm like i'm fine let me play this game with you so like i answer the questions or whatever and he's super nice And then um, at some point, as we're talking about this, he's talking about the splits. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I know, if I did the math, probably I'm like losing money. But the idea of like dropping from this percentage, and every year I reset, and I'm back to 80%, which is so far away from where I am right now. Like, that just doesn't make any sense. He's like, what do you pay franchise fee, all this stuff. So he's like, let's hop on one more call and can I bring in this other guy his good number. So this guy shows up with a spreadsheet and he's like, let me just show you. And he does all his, his stuff. And then he says, if you did nothing different last year, you would have made this much more money. Um, it would have paid salaries for two of the people on my team. Um, so when that happened, I was like, okay, I was already open to like changing. Tell me more about the model. Tell me more about that. So we went from having not even knowing what a cap rate was, not having any discussions with anyone in December. I had these two conversations in January. We were new. we were going to pull the trigger in February. We're here. That's
1: awesome. And so, um, obviously you had a team when you were looking at making this switch. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, did you present the opportunity for them all to come over with you or go ahead and part ways or, um, you know, how'd you introduce that to everyone? Cause I'm sure that's an intimidating conversation
2: to have with the team. Uh, cause nobody really likes change, right? Right. Yeah. So we did present to our team, not all of them came with us. And honestly, um, it was perfect. You know, my, you know, you everyone i think it's this thing where um for the history of real estate prior to recently all models were team adverse and really the The primary reason they were team adverse is for the old brokerage model, they didn't really make money off teams. They made money off independent agents. And so they really did not even want to, you know, support teams. But then you kind of learn when the attrition rate is so high in real estate. If you're on a team, you're going to have the contacts and the opportunity, et cetera. So EXP does better with that. And we basically presented how they would be more profitable, how we would be more profitable. It would benefit them this way, this way, this way. Um, But it was perfect timing because where I'm going with this is um, this is specific to our line of sponsorship, but I think it's also true for all of eXp. The training is not just like how to get 10 listings in a month. It's like, you know, how do you have a healthy team model? What is a healthy economic model? We were already in professional coaching and had been for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because we would hear that our economic model is bad or this was not great or you need to do this or here's how you scale. Here's how you train. But it was just that you should do these things, not the practical how to do them. So it's actually perfect because where we had a three to five year goal for our team, that person, one of the people who had Uh, spent time with us, they were like, you know, this is what we train on. Um, So we presented it in such a way that we knew some people would not come, but they would not have wanted to be part of that model. Um, Now, since then, we have more than, you know, filled those spaces on our team. Um, And we brought on agents under the right model, the right culture. And so it's really, we've really been thriving. And it's not even been a year. But you know, EXP set us up for that. And the other cool thing about it is, um, I think it took me a while to like put this in my brain, I'm saying this. So if there's somebody else like, meet that's not getting it, you kind of think that the path is to like sponsor someone, put them on your team. And the reality is if you really drill down on it, agent attraction is in some ways, the same thing as like working your own business, it's going to be a longer game, but you're going to call prospects, spend time like that guy was liking my social media for months before he ever sent me the text message. Like, could we have a conversation at some point? And so you're working this the whole time in the background. But if you don't have that kind of time in your business right now, then you kind of come into like, Oh God, it takes a lot of time to like recruit or to get established or whatever. So I was a little to a point where I was like, um, you know, I don't know how to sponsor these people. And like everybody who did want to meet with me, like, I could sponsor them, but they were a great fit for our team. So through the ESP network, start talking to some people. And what I realized is there are people who they kind of focus. Obviously, everyone knows this, but exclusively almost at that point in their business on Asian attraction. But they're really good at finding talent. Mm-hmm. So what I quickly learned is as we had relationships, they said, Hey, like, we're going to sponsor someone, but we obviously like one guy is in Peru. He is nowhere near South Carolina. He's like, she's awesome. You need to know her could she be on your team? Um, so that was awesome. It has really helped me have some awesome agents on our team um, and kind of take us to a different level there as well.
1: No, that's really, that's a really great perspective to offer too, Tammy, because a lot of people are scared to make that change. Hey, what's going to happen to my team? I'm going to lose people. I, you know, I've worked so hard to get them over here and, um, you know, to, to come out better and, um, more efficient and more of a uh, team and family and community than ever before is a really good perk of it. And Tammy, um, now that you're over at eXp, what have you really fallen in love with about the brokerage, right? So we touched on um, all the all the things that make it great for running a team. We've also got stock options, rev share, collaboration. Um, so much to offer that a lot of other brokerages cannot bring or offer at all. So um, what is something that you fall in love with about eXp that maybe you didn't expect or um, what what keeps you here? What gets you excited about um, maybe ending your real estate career you know, in the future with eXp as your last brokerage? Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, yeah, so I would say two things. One, my biggest fear, which is kind of a silly thing, but we know this in life, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Right. and we had been our brokerage for so long we were you know the number one team in our office um you know we had great relationships with the ceo and so we did not really ask for things very often we're not the kind of people that think we deserve any special privilege but what we we felt and we received is like if we ever needed anything or had any question like our calls always got answered our needs always got met you know i remember one time like they i asked a small question like all the other agents on the it help desk email and like People would say in the past, maybe they didn't get a quick response or didn't get an answer from like an admin, but like then like the VP called me, and he's like, can I help you? And so my fear was, is we have these relationships and then there's this like cloud place and mm-hmm. nobody knows me and I'm a number in a sea of agents and I'm going to screw myself over. And the reality is I really didn't have to ask for help that often. Like we were our own kind of well-oiled machine, but there was this fear of... Am I looking a gift horse in the mouth? Am I making a wrong decision? And am I going to get burned and then slow my business down because I don't have all these relationships and resources available to me? Um, so what I found actually when came to eXp, which has been amazing is, and I don't know like if everybody all over the nation, if you've not been to South Carolina, this really won't make as much sense because even if you've been to one of these and the rest of like, the nation, they have not duplicated the same way. But eXp is like the Chick-fil-A of real estate. <laughs> Um, and the reason I say that, if you come to South Carolina, Chick-fil-A is like a well-oiled machine. You could actually be driving down a road and see a Chick-fil-A and cars are wrapped around the building. You're like not getting in that line. You'd be shocked. You will get in that line and be out faster than any other drive through with only two cars at it. It's bizarre. They are a well-oiled machine.
1: Yes, they are.
2: <laughs> Very impressive. <laughs> and <Mount> they're all science. Things. Yeah. And they're so sweet. You know, they're it's a requirement. When you say thank you for anything, they're like, my pleasure. Mm-hmm. Like, they're being nice. So the story is this, though. So at Kathy and I always think about this. He is the owner-CEO of Chick-fil-A. And so years ago, like probably 20 years ago now, my brain is 10, but it's probably 20 years ago when Boston Market was like their rival um, and really starting to get on their tails as far as production and whatnot. Um, The story is that he's around this uh, conference table with all of his execs and chefs and all this stuff. And so they're wanting to rival and beat out Boston Market. So they're coming up with all these new recipes and menu items and ways to serve and all this stuff and whatever. And so he lets him go on for like 20 minutes and then he starts pounding his fist on the table Um, and everybody looks up kind of shocked by whatever's going on. He said, we're not doing this. We're not doing any of that. We are going to be known for making the best chicken sandwich ever. And that is it. We are not reinventing the wheel. We're going to focus on this. We're going to focus our service and it's going to be an incredible experience. And that's what we're going to do well. Well, they're number one in the chicken sandwich industry now and among food chains and fast food restaurants. So where I'm going with this is, uh, when I came to exp, I was surprised to actually see that the level of service was higher because everybody stays in their lane um you know the broker was actually available to answer questions and it's funny uh, in our state we have like our and i, I see it's kind of everywhere but we have what we call the scar attorneys it's funny that it spells scar but it's the south carolina you know uh, our legal hotline yeah. and i've gotten close to them over the years and so we actually our broker because he was servicing so many agents he, he had a rule like he would even say hey tammy if you just text me 911 I'll make myself available. But like, first of all, I'm never really going to text 911. So it was like, I would send him an email. It would take like four weeks to respond, but I would always be like, well, he's managing transactions, training new baby agents, going over contracts, blah, blah, blah all this stuff. But I felt like, you know, I, I gave you that example. Like, I'm like, Oh, I have access, but did I really? So I had not even really reached out to a broker. I found all different ways to find answers. Plus I've been doing this 20 years almost like I'm fine. I don't really need it. So remember for whatever, one one day I sent, uh, something to the workplace for a broker. And I was like, I do not really need to answer that question. It's fine. Instant response back. And I'm like, weird like but they don't typically do that well anyway what i started to see is like whether it's the accounting department whether it's the brokers whether it's it there was one morning i'm on my peloton bike and i had this <laughs> it question like 5 a.m and i'm like um you know i don't even remember the support email address i'm still pretty green here i know i know there is one but i'm like i'll just go into the world i'm sure there's like a help desk ticket thing so I don't even go into the world that much, honestly, I do for like trainings, but I like click on it. And then all of a sudden, like, I know my mic's on and then like Kyle, I think his name, is like, Hey, Timmy. And I'm like, Oh, well, this is awkward. Cause like, I'm on a major incline. I'm going to sound like I'm running a marathon, but I was like, Hey, Kyle, like did not expect an answer at 5am and I'm on a Peloton bike. So it was weird. Uh, but he had my issue fixed just like that. Cause I forgot. Oh, we worldwide. It's in different time zones. So like we have support staff available all the time. Uh, yep. so anyway, what I've seen is that there are resources available, whether it's it, whether you need knowledge, whether you need support services, if you need a balanced idea of someone else. Um, And that's, that's one big component that has been great. Number two, I said, there are two things. So I've done professional coaching forever. I'm in the top coaching network right now. And when I first got into that network, really like, no one's teaching me anymore how to go get listings. Like I can at will in my business go get listings. I can, I know how to close a transaction, all that kind of stuff. But the reason I stayed in the coaching network, honestly, is just the network of agents masterminding with them and learning things that way and learning how things are going all over the nation. So it's very interesting when I joined EXP, it's the same, like, Like all the elements, the sharing of knowledge, the masterminding, the sharing of referrals, the connecting. It was interesting. I've never seen anything outside of our coaching network that looked like that, Um, maybe even on a a, like even higher level in some ways. Um, So those have been my two big things that have been really refreshing and exciting that I would say are reasons that, you know, I would like to stay here. Just that forward thinking Mm is EXP is always trying to plan into the future, which to me, again, that's one of our core values
1: yeah absolutely that accessibility and the fact that they're um constantly evolving right which is really cool uh, because a lot of brokerages are really just stuck in their ways because this is how it works this is how it will always work Not true. Evolve or get left behind. And, um, you know, that's why we've got 84,000 agents here. So, Tammy, you know, obviously you are killing the game at real estate. You've got an awesome team. And I'm sure you've also got family and friends, right? So let's talk a little bit about work-life balance. What does that look like for you? Uh, How do you draw the line, set boundaries, make sure that you're taking care of Tammy while also being able to run a successful team, um, being accessible, being successful? I mean, there's a lot to it.
2: Yeah. So what I'm going to say is the answer is what everybody has always said, probably. Mm -hmm. And you're going to hear it and be annoyed by it or you're going to hear it and be like, okay, that's not special. Um, But there is not a moment of my day that is not time blocked out. And I wake up early. You will not study a single successful entrepreneur business owner on the planet who is like sleeping until 7 a.m. So the day starts at 4 a.m. You know, I time block every hour, um, you know, working out whatever my day is. So there's like this whole health and prepare and be ready for the day. Look at my schedule for the day, plan it out. There is no white space in my calendar. I'm not going to shoot from the hip and hope I have time to do social media. I'm not going to hope I have time to prospect. I'm not going to hope I have time for a team meeting. It's all pre-scheduled and loaded in my day. And then I have an end time to work business will end now, my end time is actually earlier or sorry later than like my appointments because I anticipate I might be writing an offer I might be on a late listing appointment you know those kind of things can happen so when the actual time rolls around that I want to end my day I'm ending my day but it's just keeping a very consistent schedule even on the weekends like You know, I think one of the biggest uh, pitfalls for an agent is we know that we have working weekends, but you can also have time that's off. And I remember the first time someone said, you can tell a buyer that you're on appointments and the appointment can be your time off. Like, that's okay. And so the reality is we do work some on the weekends, but we need to set aside time. And don't be afraid to set aside a window of time. Being like, well, but what if that buyer or that seller doesn't work in that window of time? I can say this, and I say this only to give people confidence. Because typically you're like, but I'm a new agent and it doesn't apply. Or I'm a seasoned agent. My business is too busy. It doesn't apply. When I started embracing the fact that I could say I can meet at this time because I have appointments at this time. Buyers and sellers, even the ones that don't even know you, even kind of the cold calls, they arrange their schedules to work um, on rare occasion. I'll have some of these are not usually, honestly, the people who are like popping up either. But on rare occasion, I'll have someone who like works a weird shift or something. And so but I know that in advance. But also, if I know I'm working with them, then for that day, I've shifted that window of time that I plan to work. I didn't plan it in the morning if I know they need to be in the afternoon. I'm leaving everybody now to the afternoon. So just owning that, you know, making personal time and appointment. Presetting it in advance. Um, Mel Robbins has her start today journal. And one of the most powerful things I ever saw and it changed my business was when it, it asked, like, you have to do this first thing in the morning. And the very last question was today, I will stop working at X time. And so you put that into your calendar when you start the day and that's your, your in period.
1: And almost like your cutoff time too, right? Like it, it influences you like, Hey, I have to get this done. I can't put this off. I can't take 30 more minutes at lunch. I can't take extra time. Um, you know, brewing my coffee in the morning because I want to be off at this time to spend time with my family to make it to this concert to hang out yeah. with my friends to sleep to recharge to take care of me. And I think that's really important. And Tammy, um another follow-up question that I like to ask that helps with work-life balance is, you know, how do you leverage out? So earlier I heard you mention that you had um, you know, people on your team that were salaried. So I assume maybe mm-hmm. um they're not they're not all in on the real estate agent, so probably like operations manager, social media, et cetera. So, um, you know, do you have virtual assistants? Do you have operations manager? Do you have interns, right? Um, so, how do you leverage out and what tasks do you take off your plate first that you feel like has really helped you scale up your business?
2: Yeah, so all these things. I'm, I'm glad you said the word scale because in my career in the past as I was growing, I would hear things I'm like that so far away. And so I'll say two things. One, there's no right way to have a team. Um, and I think part of that is because you meet talent at different times and the talent that would match your culture, like sometimes they're molding and morphing. And I've seen some awesome teams do some incredible things, but that would not be our fit. So I also want to add, before I tell our team structure, um, don't always think... I don't have enough money or whatever in my business to begin to outsource something. Because I think the biggest thing we think is when we you know, get however much money, but the reality is not outsourcing that is probably the reason that you don't yet have the money once you start outsourcing and then leveraging it. And I don't know if this is true for everybody else, but for me, the moment I am paying for something I am laser focused because, as we all know, our business account is a separate account, but our business account, all of our potential earnings as well. So if I am paying someone to do something, I am highly motivated to delegate. I'm highly motivated to train them, Whereas in my mind when I was gonna do it in the future, I didn't do that as much. So, we do have an operations director Uh, our particular structure is that we also have a transaction manager so once i go under contract they take over between the two of them also have an assistant and then for me i do have a driver which that has dramatically changed our life our state like you mentioned is kind of small but we serve five Mm -hmm. territories Um, and so because the counties are kind of larger like you know Even the luxury market that we might work in is like 50 minutes away. Um, But also, I really, you know, this grows with your business, but I, you know, wouldn't try to sell another state, but I can effectively sell and know five counties really, really well. So if I have, you know, conversations and, you know, I've got appointments kind of all over the map, having someone drive so that I can do research in the car, you know, keep, you know, doing Zoom calls and meeting with other partners working from there. Um, So that's our structure for how our team is done.
1: That's clever. I haven't I haven't heard of um, having a driver yet, and I think that that's really smart. Saves you a lot of time, and so um, you know, just another position to look at, leveraging out. You can't hire a virtual assistant for that. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, well noted.
2: Um, While you're out in the car,
1: (laughs) yeah. Well, um, you know, and while while they can do most things, they can't drive for you yet right? The future is crazy. Um, But Tammy, you know, that's really cool. And it's really great advice for people that are looking to scale up their business, what they need to be leveraging out first, you have to spend money to make money. It's just, that's a hill I will die on. Sorry about it. Um, So Tammy, my next question is going to be all things icon for you, right? So uh, your, your area, South Carolina, what does that average housing price look like for you? And how many homes do you have to sell to be able to cap?
2: Yeah, okay. So um it's so I mentioned five counties, but Greenville County is right beside Anderson County and so like Anderson's mm-hmm. two hundred and twenty five thousand and then Greenville County is a little over three hundred thousand. Um, and but then also it depends on what you're working. So for me personally, this year I wanted to shift because I've been working with luxury um, but had not worked with them like focused as much um so for me and don't hate me because i should have known i didn't that's a curveball question but i want to say you'd be surprised
1: how many people don't know because they just put their head down and they just production right so
2: yeah don't worry about that but i know whatever number it is is more than probably a lot of places in the country because our average home sale price is less i don't feel like it was 20 i feel like Felt like 13, 16, something like that. Um, but that's because I did toss some luxury in there. If I stuck to, you know, that, you know, $250,000, $300,000 mark, I would have had to, I think, really sell more homes than that. Uh, but honestly, what's kind of funny is what made me change the focus of my business is I realized every year, you know, when I can want to hit my cap rate really quick and I thought, hmm, I could sell a bunch of these, like, you know, priced homes that are our average or I could like lean into luxury and even some commercial side stuff that I've been referring out previously and then hit my goals faster.
1: Absolutely. No, I, that's, that's incredible. And, um, you know, that production is just one, one aspect of being an icon agent. And Mm -hmm. I know you just came over in February, so maybe you haven't had time to kind of, um, really assess what you want to do, but there's a cultural commitment part of it too. Right. So, um, you can be a mentor, a teacher, um sit on icon panels, exp world, vet other icons, whatever that may be. So what
2: cultural commitment are you looking at taking on and why did you choose that? Yeah. So a couple of things. One, um I am a mentor and that was for a couple of reasons. Sometimes you know I'm recruiting agents and they you know I think as we've learned kind of what we want for our team, and they're actually awesome. I want to be very clear when I say they're not ideal for our culture. We have a cadence, you know, we call it like our SEAL team. And so our cadence is pretty intense on our team. And not everybody wants that cadence, but they're awesome. And, you know, they, they know us in our community. We've been the number one team here for seven years. And so, like, we would love to learn from you. So part of their reason for coming to EXP is to like have some level of access to me. So I said, hey, go to the mentor program and I will mentor you and help you that way. But then also sometimes that program we do determine And they kind of like that cadence. Maybe they do want to be on our team. So it's kind of a natural assimilation there um, because they're seeing parts of our culture through that. Um, I do sit on the Google icon panels um, and it is my goal to teach. um, You know, there's kind of this whole training program and become familiar with the world. And so I'm in that track right now to be able um, to teach and share that way. But right now I've done Google icon and mentoring.
1: Okay. That's awesome. And you're looking at other ways to venture out, which is really cool. Um, I love the cultural commitment aspect of being an icon agent because you guys are the top 2% of the company. So when people are going into the world, looking for resources, training, mentorship, they're learning from the best, which is really cool. And, um, Tammy you know being an icon agent obviously you do know actually um, comes with a lot of benefits right so you get the option to earn your cap back in stock the option to go to exp con and shareholders for some more stock award you get a great uh, reputation easy to catch referrals it's a status really with exp and then on top of all of that you also get a big glass shiny trophy not sure if you've gotten yours in the mail yet again You did? Okay, awesome. (laughs) Um, Because you're still, uh, you know, obviously first year icon, which is great. And so, Tammy, what is your favorite aspect about being an icon agent? Why are you setting that as a standard for yourself uh, moving forward?
2: Um, So like you said, it does... You know, I like the network of agents too, because also a pillar of my business is to refer business, you know, kind of all over the country. So um, I've got a lot of clients, you know, where I am in my business, particularly, it's a lot of repeat business. Um, You know, I have a lot of past clients and they move other places and they're like, who do I work with? And so what you know is if someone else carries that icon status, you've been connecting with them, you know, we don't want to just refer them to someone. We want them to have the same kind of experience they would have had, you know, at home with you. Um, So I love that component of it. Um, and like you said, there is an, an element of you know, opportunity because there's a status associated with it. And so to have referrals even in network because they recognize that on the on the receiving side as well is great. Um, and then, of course, you know, it's funny when I was doing all the math and laboring on whether or not I would transition, you know, we would be the top team and, and um, within our old franchise. Uh, brokerage. We were actually in the top half percent of the entire brokerage, like across the nation. And there was like nothing for that. It was just. There was- party and they would talk about it and you could walk across stage and that was really cool um, but to have opportunities to connect now um, to, in, a, in a culture that you know just supports and encourages collaboration um, to earn you know that stock back I mean I wasn't getting anything back I mean I got some cool trophies in the past and balloons and a yard sign um, <laughs> actually have stock back is pretty impressive as well and then just the opportunities to encourage events and collaboration again like-minded people and what we know is the industry changing and when you're in a brokerage where it's forward thinking. And then you're with other agents that are forward thinking, you know, we all grow together faster that way.
1: Absolutely. And it's nice to have some monetary value behind an award for once. Right. And, um, Tammy, you know, for people that are, are coming over to EXP, maybe they are a high producing agent outside of the, the brokerage right now, or they're a rookie agent. They are coming over to EXP because of this icon award. Mm -hmm. And they come to you and they say, Tammy, you know, I know it's my first year with EXP, but I'm really looking to icon this year. Mm -hmm. So you did it in your first year with EXP. So what's some advice you have for them or some major mistakes for them to avoid, uh, to hit such a goal if it's even possible for
2: them? Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's possible for everyone. I think you just put your head down and be consistent. You know, you're, you know, I think sometimes we get caught in thinking, oh, I'm, you know, doing something different with my business. You're picking up your business and you're going to run it the same way. You know be consistent with prospecting be consistent with your sphere like all the things that helped you achieve success in the past don't stop doing those um, one thing we did and we came over as well and this is the most important thing is before you make an announcement to your old brokerage you're leaving you want to employ someone on an it seo side um, you want to employ some more admins. so when you come over and for you know marketing and branding um, so you have support staff so you're not the only one typically when i hear people talk about slowing down it's because they're like, you know, creating new signs and ordering new signs and ordering new business cards. They had to get a new logo and like all this stuff. So it's short term. You contract them, but hire out these services to come with you. You will get that money back. And the fact that you're not going to slow down your business, you're just going to hit the ground running, um, you know, to also then be able to learn like all the stuff that is EXP with your Skyslope and all their services as well.
1: Absolutely. And there's there's so many um just different resources. And I I love that. And as an icon agent, you know, you're really able to capitalize on them and, you know, lean into your mentors, have an accountability party because there is so much that goes into iconing. Right. And, um, you know, not only is it capping, but it's hitting those transactions, 20 of them after. So there's a lot going on. Ask for help, ask for advice, lean in because the people at eXp, the culture at eXp is um, very encouraging of that. Mm -hmm. And, Tammy, um, you know, were you ever skeptical of EXP when it was first
2: introduced to you? Um, not when it was first introduced to me, but when it first came to town, like years ago, I was like, oh, a collab brokerage, good luck. Um, yeah, so when I very, very first heard about it a long, long time ago, um, and honestly, I didn't really know a lot about it for a long time. I just thought, you know, people need support, people need mentorship, but at the time, in my limited knowledge, I just thought everything was online. I remember thinking, um, you know, people don't show up to stuff online, and actually, You know, early on, I think that I don't I have no idea the history of VXP. I do think that COVID kind of created this awareness for like what it looks like. But also for me, it was interesting before COVID occurred, um, the brokerage that I was at actually had also franchised that particular um, brand and they had seven offices and their hub was in Greenville, which, again, is like in my territory. But it's like their office was 30, 40 minutes away from me. And I remember they would want us to come to trainings. So I'm like, can y'all not just like zoom this thing? Because I was just be outside the house and making calls. I'm going to spend 40 minutes going there. And then I really don't know if it's that great. And then I'm going to spend 40 minutes coming back. So I basically shot half my day, lost all momentum, creating stress. Um, so it was one of those things where in the past where I kind of thought, I wonder how it looks to do stuff online. Then even as my business grown, and evolved, And then in 2020, I was like, hey, wait a minute. Actually, that's an awesome model. And you can like learn on demand, but then also be effective in your business and not slow it down because you're driving to some brick and mortar or whatever.
1: Right. Absolutely. No, that's awesome, Tammy. And it's it's a great advice to to stay efficient and, um, you know, using your time as as a value and as an asset to your business. Like you said, um, you won't find a lot of entrepreneurs letting a moment slip by them. So, uh, Tammy, you know, for those entrepreneurs that are out there and they see the green grass at EXP, they're like, wow, look at all these other people just killing it over there. But I'm nervous. I, I don't know how to break up with my brokerage or I have a brokerage of my own. And this is my baby. I'm scared to shut it down. Um I hear EXP is a pyramid scheme. It's a cult. It's, you know, all the crazy things that they get stirred up out there. So, what would you have to say to them to kind of ease their mind in making that transition? Because um, you were able to do it and see great success from it. So, how would you help them kind of understand this transition as, as a really
2: good opportunity instead of a uh, risk? Mm-hmm. So one thing I've tried to do for myself in my own life over the years is whenever I'm thinking about what my goals are, and I don't even try to qualify if they're possible, like may not even be attainable, but like, what do I want to see in three to five years? And so when you start to produce as an agent, you know, you're wondering how many homes do I have to sell to do whatever. And then you realize you can sell that many homes kind of at will. But then you also realize you can hire support staff, but like you are your dog and pony show. You've got to be out all the time. And then you wonder, will I burn out? And if so, at what time? And like, if I never stop this level of production, you know, what can I do? So then you start going into a mindset of, okay, I need to sell this many homes to afford this much staff to do it. But then like, I'm still not getting ahead. So for me, it was really kind of Finding my hierarchy here saying, okay, so I need to, without doing more effort, make more money. And so sure, maybe you know all about agent attraction, you're going to work that pillar. But let's say you don't even know anything about that, which kind of a bonus for me was like, I don't know if I'm good or bad at that, but if I could make extra money, why would I not? Yeah. And you should,
1: cool. uh, some of the agents out here, icon agents, especially are making so much money a month. Some of them are making like $8,000 a month off of just, yeah. Like- yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I don't want to recruit, but also like, don't yeah. Yeah.
2: And I will say, like, as you become icon and as you get in, like, in your community and you're growing, like, people want to know, like, our big question was, like, how did you leave that brokerage brand for that? Like, we're shocked. Like, tell us more why you made that move. Um, but, you know, I think, wait, what was your original question? Um, um,
1: you know, easy,
2: easing the nerves on coming over to Oh, you. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for us, like, I had to go back to that lens of, like, okay, my goal is to make more money without more effort because I don't have... Could I maybe have more effort? Sure. Could I maybe hire another employee that would help more effort? Sure. Uh, but when I saw the model and what the income would be, and I think that was the most powerful thing for me. I had someone who was good with numbers at EXP actually take our numbers because everyone else like talks about you'll make more money. I don't know what that means. Like I'm a numbers girl, actually I'm bad with math, but I'm a numbers girl, which is kind of odd. I like statistics. I wanna see proven data. I wanna see, you know, what's the rate of return? What's my company dollar gonna be? And so uh, a guy with an EXP and actually, you know, on a corporate level sat down and worked out everything so we could see side by side. And when I saw like, hey, I can cover two salaries and being there, I don't even have to hire those people. But if all that money is back in my checking account, then I have not worked any harder and I've made more money. So at that point, I had to keep going back to two things. One, what my goal was to not have to work harder and take away from my family, not have to take on the risk of even more employees um, because we also knew we were in a shifting market. We knew that it was there was gonna be some level of reset. I've been here long enough to even see like the recession take place, the housing crisis take place, um, a recession in a bad way, a housing crisis, I should say, not a recession, not all recessions are bad. But um, all that being said, I put those two things at the top, you know, that I wanted to make more money without having to do more work. Um, and then number two, you know, I wanted to be someplace that was going to grow and that wasn't cemented in old things. Like even the fact that, you know, it couldn't get a zoom meeting for other calls, like spoke volumes to me. So at that point, every time I felt pressure or stress, like I'm a feeling relationship person, I dreaded talking to our broker, like, uh, like, it was devastating. I mean, the level of anxiety I felt like it was like the worst breakup ever. Um, and I want to be honest, like, I don't know if this is great, you might like cut the video here. Um, but You know, it was not easy. And they were even punitive with our costs, like very, very, they they enforced a very scary ICA agreement. And if I could do it 20 times over again, I would do it again. Um, You know, it was, you know, all the things that you thought was the worst case scenario. And I matched it all out because I'm a triage kind of girl. I like these are the worst things that could happen. We could find out they don't really love us so we're not family and they can cut all ties with us happened we could find out they would be highly punitive on a financial level we'd even employ attorneys it happened you know we could find out all these different things and is it still worth it and for me i thought i know that we can produce so i know we'll get hit the numbers Um, and then for number two you know i want to be somewhere that's growing and i think something that's worth saying i think the reason you know when it first happened in our town everyone's like no one's ever heard of a brokerage penalizing an agent for leaving like that and i thought you know what? We're going to start to hear it all the time now. And some agents are going to be reluctant to leave because these old brick and mortar buildings in the past, when they would release an agent, they would be super nice. They thought they'll come back one day. And I watched agents come back, top agents come back to the brokerage. But I think they understand the writing on the wall now, and they know that agents aren't coming back. And so they're just going to get what they can get when they can get it. But I think the question is, if in your mind, you're thinking growth. Mindset, whether that's financial, whether that's cultural, then that has to be at the forefront of your mind. No matter what you you end well, it does, you, you're not in control of what other people do. You end in kindness and goodness, and you know try to make it as positive as possible, um, and so you finish strong there. And you don't respond to what they're doing that may be negative. But if you are a growth mindset, I think every business owner knows this. I don't care if you own a Target or a Fortune 500 company, um, when you're in growth mode, there's usually some level of financial loss, whether that's over-investing or whatever that looks like, to get you to the next level. And so that's where we were, where sure, there was a punitive you know, uh, experience on a financial end, but we, we are far better set up now and have you know remade that ground. And it was very, very positive for us. And we do it again.
1: I love that. I think that's an excellent note to uh, leave everybody with, Tammy. Like you said, cut the video here, but we don't. We're not just going to cut the video here. We're going to let you say goodbye first. And I think this was an awesome episode. Uh, thank you so much for the insight. And will you be at EXPCon?
2: Yes, I plan to be there.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, me too. Uh, hopefully, we can connect and catch up and see um, how much has changed and you know the the great takeaways that you've had with uh, EXP since you've been here. And Tammy, thank you so much for the opportunity of getting to know you.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. It was great to get to know you as well. Have a great day. We'll talk to you uh, in Vegas. Sounds good. All right, bye. Bye. bye.